Welcome to Word from the Mountaintop, a weekly inspirational podcast brought to you from the Mountain Luther Parish. Today's Word of the Lord will be shared by Pastor Jason or Pastor Jess Felici. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 10th chapter. Jesus said to the 12, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Belzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I also will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, this is a special day, of course. In addition to being Alda's birthday, uh, it is also Father's Day. We want to wish a happy Father's Day to all of our dads out there. This day is a special day in my life for a number of reasons. But one change has this particular Father's Day feeling a whole lot different for me. Because, as I said in the announcements, Father's Day is the day that Camp Luther starts each and every year. So basically, almost every Father's Day since I was in middle school, I've spent Father's Day away from my own father, at least for most of the day. And you've probably heard me in the past joke, but it is true that it's the Father's Day gift for my dad that just keeps on giving. He loved waving me off as we drove away to church camp every year. Of course now, for the past five years up until this year, I've spent Father's Day away from my own child. That's been a strange circle that's come back around. And now we're waiting for her time to come after third grade when she gets to come with me and celebrate 
Father's Day at camp. But today, obviously, I'm not at camp. If I was, I would not be preaching to you this morning. But I would be preaching a sermon to the staff at our Sunday morning staff service. And a few years ago, I was preaching the sermon there at camp using these same texts as we're using for this morning, as a matter of fact. And the same thing hit me then that hit me this week as I was preparing. What a strange gospel text to work with on Father's Day. I mean, the lectionary makers couldn't have lined this text up any more ironically than the way it does. Who wants to consider Jesus' words, for I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Not really something we look forward to diving into on Father's Day, right? even more challenging to use this text to get people excited about 230 kids coming in four hours to be with you for a week. But here's the thing. If we had our way, we'd really never choose to dive into it. Right? I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, this isn't a scripture text we would pick just for fun. It's probably not one that's often chosen by preachers who choose their text for Sunday morning. And if this is a text that we choose, there's probably something that happened along the way in our lives that made this text stick. Now, one of the things that we always have to remember and be honest about is that Father's Day and Mother's Day are difficult days for many folks. People who have lost their fathers grieve this day. The pain of their absence is higher on a day like today. Men who wish to be fathers grieve this day. Some have a toxic relationship with their fathers or no father at all. So this is not a day of joy for everyone. And we need to lift that up as well. But these scripture texts, though, wow, wow, they aren't all that easy. But when folks say this about the Bible, you may have heard it once or twice in your life. That old book, 2,000 years old, it can't really have a whole lot to say about our world in the 21st century, right? Well, it's it's days like today that make me laugh at that notion that the Bible doesn't have any relevance for our lives today because I can't read any of these texts without seeing just how relevant they are to our world, to our lives today. For the preacher, Maybe more so than any of these texts 
is that Old Testament text from Jeremiah. The prophet cries out to God because every time he speaks, he must shout violence and destruction. And he's kind of tired of doing that. He doesn't want to speak anymore because he's become a laughingstock. His close friends are waiting for him to stumble. But each time that Jeremiah tries to clam up, the Lord puts a word on his heart. You ever had that happen to you? Maybe you've said to yourself, I know I shouldn't say something. I know I shouldn't say something. I know I shouldn't say something, but here it comes, right? He tries to clam up, but the Lord puts a word on his heart, and there's nothing he can do but shout it out. And here's the thing. For Jeremiah, it's not the word that people want to hear. But it is a word that people need to hear. For most of the Old Testament prophets, this is true. For Jeremiah, maybe the most. Jeremiah proclaims a word that people do not want to hear, but it is the word that God has determined God's people need to hear. There's so much in Scripture that pierces me like a sword that calls out the brokenness in my own life. And it isn't always about what I want to hear. The gospel text appointed for a Sunday might not be what I want to hear, but it's what I need. And this gospel text is a stark reminder that sometimes taking up the cross and following Jesus will be hard. Sometimes taking up our cross and following Jesus will cause division, maybe even among families. Sometimes taking up our cross and following Jesus means that there will not be peace, but instead there will be unrest. Things will feel uncomfortable. Hard things might have to be said. The Word of God might challenge our ways and the ways of the world. And it means that we might have to change in order to follow in the way of the cross. And of course, Jesus' response and promise to all of this teaching is, do not be afraid. That familiar biblical line, right? Do not be afraid. And that might make us say, yeah, right. Sure. But digging deeper, the message is clear, right? Jesus is with us, even through the hard work of carrying the cross. Sometimes the life of a believer is easy. But this particular teaching is not easy. This part of discipleship, this part of carrying our cross, this part is hard. 
It's one of the things that has made pastoring the past couple of weeks, and if we're honest, the past couple of months, so difficult. It's hard to say hard things, right? That's a given. And it's hard to say hard things, especially to people that you love. It's also hard to say hard things to a church that is not coming together the way that we're used to. We're used to having conversations face to face, right? Even the easy conversations are better face to face. Having hard conversations over the computer or over the phone is darn near impossible. And sometimes, when we are in hard conversations with people, they like to back us into a corner, right? Or put us on sides of an issue. Oh, well, obviously, if you say that, then you believe this way about this thing and everything, right? That's why having conversations in person, together, is so important. Now, I've seen a number of folks who, when they've been having hard conversations, have been using Venn diagrams lately to describe how they are feeling when they're talking about hard things, like racism and policing and freedoms and coronavirus and lockdowns. Now, Venn diagrams. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's those circles that have something written in them and then some of them overlap. And usually there's one part where all of them overlap and there's a little part in the middle. And uh, that's okay. That's just confirmation that we, we know what a Venn diagram is now, right? And each of these circles has a concern in it. And in the middle is the word me. Okay? Now, I'm painting a picture for you with words. When I do this, that makes so much sense to me, right? When you use these Venn diagrams, it works for other facets of our lives too, right? I am husband, son, father, brother, friend, pastor, Lutheran, Christian, camp director. And some of these even overlap, right? Like, you know, I can't talk about being Christian without talking about being Lutheran and the other way around. I can't talk about being camp director without talking about being a pastor and the other way around. And then in the middle of all of that is the word me, or Pastor Jason. And here's the thing about circles. You can't be backed into a corner. Right? Because they're circles. They're interconnected. They're, there aren't sides. There is overlap. And each one of these things is affected by all the others. God loves you. We 
Pastor Jess and myself love you. Having to have hard conversations to really look at our lives and the life of our country, that is hard. Having to talk about racism, that is hard. But it is always done in love because it's not always what we want to hear, but it's about what the Lord needs us to hear. Prophetic work is never easy. In fact, taking up the cross and following Jesus always leads to death. Always. Something has to die in order for there to be new life. It's at the heart of almost everything Paul writes. There must be death in order for there to be resurrection. We know that. It happens even in baptism. The old Adam dies and drowns in the water so that the new cre creation, the new creature in Christ can be born. So God's asking us today, what must die in your life? What must die in my life? for there to be something new, for there to be new birth, resurrection. Those who find their life will lose it, Jesus says, and those who lose their life for my sake, and in some of the texts it says, and for the sake of the gospel, will find it. When we are willing to let go, to loosen our grip, and place things in God's hands. Amazing things will happen. It's undeniable that things around us have changed and are changing. Undeniable. If they weren't, I would be at camp, you would have a supply preacher, we would be inside, folks wouldn't be crying out in the streets, police officers wouldn't fear for their lives or their jobs every single shift. Things are changing. But let us not be overcome by fear. or by holding on to something that was, or by doing something that's not smart, that we know is not smart, but doing it anyway because, well, that's just the way we've always done it. And instead, let us lose. Let us let go. Let's let die whatever it is that is holding us back. And let's be open to the future God is calling us into. Only knowing and trusting that God is the one leading the way. And remembering the promise that wherever there is death, 
there is always new life. Let's take up the cross and follow.